everyone. I'm Luann Sims. And I'm Jim Breslin, filling in for Terry Heyman. And this is Love at First Listen on WCHE, 1520 AM, and streaming live at, 15, at WCHE1520.com. Each week on this show, we bring on single contestants to get to know them and maybe find them romance from our listening area. It's like we do the first date for you. If you think you're a good match for one of our two contestants today, go to our website at loveatfirstlistenshow.com and fill out our contact form or send us a Facebook message on our Facebook page, which is Love at First Listen. And we have two guests with us today who we are very excited to get to know. Our first guest is Bryce. Bryce, thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me. And uh, first, we would like to start just by giving an overview of who you are and your demographics. So um, we'll get to know you in a nutshell. So um, Bryce is a man and you are looking to date a woman. And Bryce, would you, are you comfortable telling us your age? You're young enough that I hope yeah, you're... Yeah, I'm 24 years old. 24. Now, mm-hmm. I would have thought you were older. What do you think, Jim? I think that's about right. You yeah. think, I, I don't not know. that you don't look yeah. youthful and healthy, but you have <laughs> an air that I would have said 30. Okay. It's my wisdom. It's your wisdom. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're exuding wisdom that I, okay. I definitely would have said you're older. And a marital status? Single. Single and yeah. never been married? Never been never married. Never been married. It could happen at 24. There are some people that have been. And do you have any children? No. Okay. And uh, would you like to share what you do for a living or how you spend your uh, every day? Yeah. So for a living, I buy and sell antiques. You oh, wow. do? Mm-hmm. Oh, let's talk about that for half an hour because that's fascinating. <laughs> Yeah, so if you've ever seen the American Pickers, the TV show, right. yes. that's kind of what I do for a living, except it's all online mostly. And okay. so I work in the auction industry. I go to flea markets, estate sales, stuff like that. My mouth is hanging open because this is so interesting. Um, how? I don't even know where to start. How did you get into that? Um, I grew up like at flea markets. When I was little, I'd go there and like buy and sell anything like action figures or like little pieces of glass. Because your parents took you to flea markets or you were just like a wild kid that yeah, lived with... Yeah, well, I actually dated a girl at the time whose dad was really into the stuff. Okay. And he taught me everything I know about it. Started taking me to the auctions and stuff. And yeah, I've been doing it ever since. It's like a bug. Once you catch it, like you cannot stop. Like I always say when I'm 80 years old, I'll still be going to auctions and still buying stuff. And that's you, you can't quit it. So you you go to auctions, but you say, do you end up selling mostly online? Yeah, mostly online. Yeah. And okay. I've been doing it probably 10 years now. So it's like I have people that are repeat customers that I'll right. buy stuff for specifically. and But most of it's online, like on eBay. That, okay. Oh, so on eBay. So mm-hmm. it's not, is it a company per se that, that does this for itself as well? Or you just sell as an... Through eBay, uh, it's just it's just me. Just through eBay, yeah. it's just yeah. me, and I sell through eBay, through Etsy, and a site called Cherish as well. That is the coolest thing all right, ever. Now this leads me to ask: Is your house full of all these antiques <laughs> that you're right. that are currently listed on eBay? Is uh, is your house cluttered <laughs> with a bunch of <laughs> antiques and collectibles? It is. It, it is. is. It's okay. like a messy museum kind okay. of. Yeah. Um. So I've got stuff that I've collected over the years, and it's just over the house like my college dorm um i mean i had many artifacts in the college dorm like <laughs> it was unlike any dorm you've probably ever seen that is so cool so what is your what is your specialty do you is it i'm, I'm sure you have certain things that you go after and yeah. you like so the specialty in particular is kind of broad it's it's mid-century modern design so if you've ever seen mad men on okay. tv okay. that style is like 
what I like mostly deal in. Uh, all my friends just joke that like I sell ottomans for a living, okay. <laughs> but it's any kind of furniture, really, not just ottomans, really anything. Right, like okay. Dick Van Dyke tripping over the ottoman. Yeah. So, so it's all furniture. Is it like tchotchkes mm-hmm. and and clothing? Like, do you, do you deal yeah, with everything? Um, it's a lot of furniture. It's a lot of art too, um, like rugs, kitchenwares, anything you would use in the house, anything oh. at all to decorate a house. Cool. That's yeah. so cool. So cool. So have you read The Goldfinch? I have not, but I just saw an Instagram ad for the uh, the movie. Okay, that's right. Oh, wow. They're making a movie, but you should read it because uh, <laughs> there's a lot to do with. I'm sure Jim's read it, right? Do you, have you read The Goldfinch? Yeah. There's a lot to do with antique furniture dealers oh. and things like that. So I think maybe not your era, but I think you, would, <laughs> you might enjoy it. Well, that's fascinating. Yes. Are you Thank an you. artist yourself? Um, I, I No, I wouldn't say so. <laughs> no. I, I dabble, I guess, and like I like to doodle and I like to play music sometimes, but not. I wouldn't say artist by by definition. Yeah. Okay, but you have a very. I mean, like you have a cool look. I, and and if you're into furniture, you I assume you care about what things look like. So, what about yeah. somebody you're dating? Is it important to you that they have the same eye? Um, maybe not the same eye, but like and a personality to their style, I guess, would be important to me. Okay. Like so some, if you're if you're dating a young woman and you walked into her apartment, that's where yeah, this, that's this where you get judgmental. Yeah. You know right away if this is going to yeah, work or a not. Hit, it's a hit or miss immediately. <laughs> I'd say the number one like red flag would be if I went into the apartment and it was just blank walls everywhere. Okay. Right. And, like nothing hung up. Yeah. At all. That makes me uncomfortable. That would be alarming. Like, I'm like, man, there's what's going on here. Right. Yeah. Okay. What if it was all furnished by Ikea? Um, Ikea is not bad. They, they, uh, they copy some of the best designers from the era that I sell stuff from. Right. So yeah. they've like, part of being a good artist is knowing who to steal from and they do that well. Good. So Cause I have I'm a lot okay of Ikea furniture. So <laughs> but what, what ideally, like if you walked into their apartment and they had this on the wall, this, I mean, if it's a George Clooney poster, that's one thing. But if it's a, you know, a reproduction of art or something, what, what would that be ideal? Like, you'd be like, wow, that's. If I walked into someone's house and they had a bunch of Werner Panton furniture, he's like a psychedelic <laughs> pop modern kind of designer, okay. I would get down on one knee on the spot. I, <laughs> so yeah, if you're nice. listening and you have a lot of that guy's furniture, who I don't even know, yeah. Ver, say it again, Werner, Werner Panton. Werner Some Panton. of it's available in my online shop. And, then, <laughs> and you know there's a woman right now who likes the sound of your voice, who is billing her, is going to like go on, on eBay and fill her apartment with Werner Panton yes, stuff. Yes, then PayPal and Venmo. And then invite you over. This could be a win-win for you. This is amazing. Wow, that's really cool. And do you watch, I love to watch Antiques Roadshow. Is that, is that, do you like that too? That's, that's also in my trajectory of plans. I want to be on that show. Yeah. Like doing the appraisals and stuff. I just saw an episode where it was um, like a rerun. Uh, they went back from 10 years ago and they showed how values had gone up and down. So things that were worth $20,000 like seven years ago were now worth $500. Yeah. And some of them had increased, but a lot of them went down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, aside from doing the antique stuff, I also work for auction houses occasionally, doing appraisals and things like that. And you see that so often, like a lot of stuff that was super valuable, a lot of like colonial furniture. Yeah. No one buys it anymore. Yeah. Because it's not cool. Oh, wow. Right. people anymore. What about Beanie Babies? Are they still worth anything? Um, I'm not aware that they were ever worth anything. 
my mom still has a couple that she, I might, I mean, she's probably listening right no, now. A lot of collectibles that people thought like Hummels or yeah. Capodimonte yeah. or other things that just aren't, yeah, yeah. Or haven't kept there. I'm from a town called Hummelstown oh, and yeah. people oh. are, are wild about them there. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, so you have to know where the demand is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sell yeah. your Hummels in Hummelstown. Yes. How about it? I never oh, thought of that. I think I have some Hummel. My mom has some Hummel. <laughs> so, um, all right. So tell us what your perfect date would be. Like, oh, man. You know, what, um, what's your idea of a, a fun night, a first date with somebody? Well, my perfect date, I love to tell stories, okay. too. And so any date that would give me, like, an amazing story to tell for years to come. Yeah. <laughs> Would be like the best day for you. It could be anything. I could go anywhere as long as it was a good story. I wouldn't okay. mind it. Something that was eventful enough to. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. How about. Positive or negative. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What if you were planning a date? So you met somebody and maybe you're, um, you're going on a date. It's up to you to plan something. And let's say you have a Saturday afternoon. Okay. What kind of thing would, would be fun for you? Hmm. So I would probably want to go do something outside. Okay. So one of the state parks around here, I live kind of close to Ridley Creek. Oh, nice. So I like to go there uh, or maybe Wissahickon nice. State Park. Go outside, maybe throw some Frisbee around, go for a hike, and then uh, go into town somewhere and just see if we could meet some cool people and find a, a nice story. You know, something to do, <laughs> something unexpected. Awesome. And when you say going into town, you mean going into Philly? Oh, it could be Philly, could be Westchester, anywhere, okay, okay. anywhere where there's people too. Yeah. I like people a lot. So, okay. at Ridley Creek, have you ever ridden your bike down that gigantic hill? I have not. Okay. No. Do you know the one I'm talking about? I, I don't. Oh, I know it's it. got you know, know it. it. Have you ever oh. ridden your bike down? I, I lived right near there. We rode there all the time. Really? My cousin crashed his bike going down that hill. I don't even and want to like, walk down terrible. that hill. All right. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> Right? And it's got like a 90 degree turn. Yeah. At the All right. We, um, this is going so fast, Bryce. We need to take a break and okay. we will bring you back in a few minutes and then we will have you spin the wheel of interrogation. Oh, all right. And this is Love at First Listen. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Love at First Listen. I am here today with Jim Breslin, who's filling in with for Terry Heyman. I'm Luann Sims, and we are talking with Bryce. Uh, before we have him spin the wheel of interrogation, I'd like to give a shout out to our sponsor, A Taste of Olive, featuring high quality extra virgin olive oil and balsamics from around the world. They have two locations, one in Chestnut Hill and one right here in Westchester Borough. You can also order online from anywhere at atasteofolive.com. Use the code LOVE, L-O-V-E, to save 10% on your order at atasteofolive.com. So we were just getting to know Bryce, who is 24, though he has exudes the wisdom of at least a 30-year-old, if not more, now that I've been speaking to you. Um, and we found out that he is an antiques dealer. Is that the mm-hmm. right term that we would yeah. use? An antiques dealer. And we've been fascinated by that. But we're going to get to know a little bit more about um, uh, other aspects of his life and maybe what would work for him in a relationship. So we're going to have him spin the wheel of interrogation. So here we go. We'll give it a big spin. Awesome. And we have landed on housekeeping. Housekeeping. <laughs> housekeeping. So we heard a little bit about your house, that it is, you called it a messy museum? Messy museum. Messy good, museum. Good term, yeah. Okay. How, um, do you have daily routines that you follow to keep yourself organized? Um, in theory, yeah. <laughs> uh, in practice, they don't always pan out the way I plan them. 
My house currently is in a an, an extreme state of disarray. Uh oh. Because we just moved into a new place. Okay. And the day we moved in, uh, my bedroom flooded. Oh. Ouch. Yeah, and it was flooded for about four weeks straight. So my bedroom's currently the living room of my house <laughs> uh, because we were waiting a contractor to come in and fix it. So you could say I'm on this show just as much to find love as I am to find stable housing. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> now, being of an artistic, antique mind, do you, are you looking at like, something with character or oh, of location? Course. or? Yeah, the house we, we moved into is like a 1970s mid-century house. Oh, wow. And <laughs> that was the only thing I looked at, really, when I wanted to rent it. We ignored the fact that it was old, the fact that like there was no AC, and that it was maybe a little too tiny for my roommates and I. But, you know, it's got the charm. Right. So it's, it's got that. 1970s it was built. It's saying. like 70s style, but it was built earlier. Okay. I think it was built in like the 50s. Okay. Okay. And so that's no. kind of like a style that you like. To me, that's modern. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, your house is my greatest. No, well, and, my, and uh, I was, uh, I was oh. around in the 70s <laughs> right, right. when that was. <laughs> yeah, right. That's right. Brady Bunch style. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, it's a nice little ranch, and it sits on a lot of property, and it's perfect. I We have a cat and a dog. Oh, nice. Right. And I live with two roommates, so okay. it's, it's a full house, but there's a lot of space outside okay. for us. Perfect. Sounds cool. nice. So, um, so I know you said it might be a little cluttered right now, and you're sleeping in the living room. If if I dropped a peeled banana on your kitchen floor, would it be safe for me to eat? Um, well, the dog would eat it oh. for you, <laughs> but if you could beat him to it, no, it would not be it safe. Not, okay, right. It wouldn't be safe in my own house either. Right. How about yours, Jim? Would you? Uh, the five second rule applies in my okay. house. Yeah, right. yeah. Get it. If the cat wasn't just there, right. yeah. yeah. All right. I apply that rule. Anywhere, the five yeah, second rule. Yeah. Outdoors. Right. Indoors. Yeah. <laughs> All right. If you had if you had guests coming over, let's say we called and said, Hey, we're gonna come by and uh, drop something off. We'll be there in an hour. Would you freak out and try to clean up or do you just you're like, This is me and this is it is what it is? Uh I would probably own it. Yeah. If it was if it was more than one guest, if it was a party or something, yeah. I'd clean up. Uh even knowing that it was just going to get wrecked by the party that came in. But for one person, it's like, I don't want people to have to freak out when I come over. So I want to make them feel comfortable. So I I probably won't stress it. Yeah. I think we should all just have that pact that no one cares, right? That's what it is. (laughs) Um, Okay. If money was not an issue, would you hire someone to clean your house or are you philosophically against that? Oh, man. So I studied philosophy in school. (laughs) So this is, you're getting into complicated territory here. I... I think I would hire someone to clean my house just because, well, it it goes along with what I would do if I won the lottery. The first thing I would do is buy like a personal chef to just (laughs) make me amazing food every day. Um, And then if there's probably some sort of package deal you can get with that, that just comes with a house cleaner too. So I would just, well, you you just need a whole staff. It would make financial sense. (laughs) That's actually a question that we sometimes ask on the show. If you had to choose between a live-in chef or a live-in masseuse, which would you pick? Oh, man. I I would go with the chef. The massage thing, it's it's kind of like a double-edged sword. It's like you get a massage once, and then you just feel like you need one every day. Yeah, Yeah, or maybe just once a week or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you could go full Downton Abbey. 
get the whole chef, yeah. the butlers, the, whole, the upstairs, the, downstairs, you know, treatment. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The whole staff. The whole staff. Okay. Um, how often do you clean out? Well, this might not be a good question for you. How, how often do you clean out and donate things to charity? But for you, you're probably... Donate them to the auction house. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think every time I've had to move to a new place, I've wanted to sell every item I own just because it's such a nightmare. Uh, so I'd say once a year, probably. Okay. Anytime I move, I, I want to just take everything to Goodwill and donate it. And start fresh. Mm. So you do. So because you sell uh, and um, you sell most of your things, are you, um, are you, again, are you, do you try to only as a last resort give it away without getting some financial repent for it? You know what I mean? <laughs> Am I a real miser? Is that what you're asking? Uh, no, I'm okay with donating stuff just because okay. it's so tedious to sell things online. So I try to sell very few things, only the things that are like really worth that are going to make selling. money. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm still a little bit surprised because I guess I thought dealing in your business that you would have a sentimental attachment to a lot of things. So I'm kind of surprised that you would want to get rid of everything and start over. You do have that; it exists, but it's the uh, eternal struggle of every antique dealer to kill that voice really? inside them. Yeah, the thing that the voice that says "keep this thing for your personal collection," you have to silence that. Wow. And people, you know, people have been doing it their whole lives, and you never really succeed with that. Yeah, I, I would like some tips for doing that. Do I you- would imagine the th- the pieces that you that voice jumps in and says, "I want to keep this," are probably the things that you can sell for the most amount of money too. Right? Yeah, usually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, Luckily, not, you're not like you're not driven to keep the thing that you can't sell anyway. Yeah, usually the thing that really silences the voice is like those things that are that cool usually cost the most to acquire too. Okay. So it's like you have no choice but to sell it. Right. So that's that's a a blessing. Okay. In disguise. Now, what about because you're someone who deals with things, uh, merchandise, whatever? How? What kind of a gift giver are you? Like, if you're in a relationship? Oh, I was just talking about this with my friend. Oh, good. I I recently said that if if I could just clear three months of my schedule for the year, I would just devote those three months to picking out the best gifts possible for my friends. I love to to figure out a gift for somebody and like work on it. And it's just the most satisfying thing to me. Oh. And it's like with going out and searching for items, too, it's like I always feel like I'm trying to find the most unique thing that I can give somebody. Yeah. So I, I love gift giving. It's one of my favorite oh. things. That's, that's awesome. And do you put a lot of effort into presentation as well? Like a nice wrapping? Do you make a big? Um, I am a known procrastinator, so <laughs> usually it's the thought that drives the, uh, <laughs> the gift. But if I if I can find time, I will wrap it up nicely. Okay. Yeah. But it could be a fabulous gift in a brown paper bag. Or yeah. In a, okay. Yeah. What's the best gift you've ever given? Best gift I've ever given. Oh man. Um. Wow. Way back, uh, probably in high school. This is just the one that jumps out to me right now. It's Probably not even the right answer, but I was seeing a girl and for Christmas, we, well, prior to Christmas, we would always make up different words and make up definitions to these words. Sure. Like everyone does. Yeah. You know, it's just normal, normal stuff. Uh, But for Christmas, I made like graphic designs representing every single word that we had made up. Oh, wow. And put them on like little pins and then gave her all the pins. That's impressive. Wow. So if you're that kind of guy 
and you're dating someone and they give you an Amazon gift card, how does that make you feel? Um, oh, we, oh have... we have a phone call. Oh, wow. We have a phone call here at Love at First Listen for Bryce. We have Martin from Harrisburg on the line who has a daughter who he thinks might be a good match for Bryce, I think. <laughs> Let's talk to him. Martin, are you there? Uh, yeah, I'm here. How, how are you guys doing today? Good. Thanks for calling in, Martin. Sure, no problem. Um, well, I was listening to the program, um, and I I was kind of curious because I have a daughter, Alice. Um, she is 30 years old, so right right around right around your age range. Mentally, um, yeah. <laughs> well, that's a whole another story, but you can, can figure that out. That's not that's not for me to. Anyways. She's an interior designer, oh. um, but she also has a dog walking company. Also, she's a blogger. I don't quite know what that is, but that's, <laughs> she does those things. Well, that sounds like they might have a lot in common, Martin. Yeah. I'll tell well, you what. Well, if we can yeah. get some contact information off air, we can certainly pass on her um, information to Bryce and uh, see if we can put them in touch. Maybe they can talk a little more. Martin, are you yourself sure. looking for love? Is that why you're listening to the show? Well, not not for someone not not for someone your age. That would be a little, <laughs> oh, a little inappropriate I, I for me. Okay, um, unless they were okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but, Martin. Unfortunately, we need to take a break. But thank you so much for calling in, and I think we're going to keep you on the line. And so during our commercial break, we can get some contact information from you. Um, oh, sure. Of course. Bryce, I am very sad that our time is up because you have been so great to talk to and get to know. If you've been listening and you'd like to see what Bryce looks like, you can go to our Facebook page, Love at First Listen. Or uh, a little bit later, you can go to our website, loveatfirstlistenshow.com, and check out his picture there. And if uh, you'd like to be a guest on Love at First Listen, you can contact us through either of those uh, ways as well. So we will be back in just a couple of minutes with our next guest. Thanks, Bryce. Thank you. Welcome back to Love at First Listen. This is Lou Ann Sims. I'm here with Jim Breslin, who's Hello. filling in for Terry Heyman today. And last time he filled in, I was listening from Florida, and his chair was squeaky. Oh, was and it? I had yeah, to text yeah. him and tell him not to squeak his chair. So I'd like to compliment you, Jim. You're doing an excellent job. I'm not squeaking. You don't have yeah. a squeaky chair today, right. but you're, you're doing <laughs> it's great. It's over there. <laughs> we just got done speaking with Bryce, uh, got to know him. And if you want to know a little bit more about what he does, you can go to his website, which is meetmodernism.com. So... You can up. check out, yeah, his furniture and everything like that. But we are here with our next guest. This is Laura. Welcome, Laura. Hello. Hi, Thank Laura. you for being here with us today. Thanks for having me. And we are going to get to know you. And I have to, full disclosure, I already know Laura a little bit from, uh, we are friends of friends. We got to know each other that way. So thank you for coming on the show today. Sure. And um, are you comfortable telling us your age? Uh, I'm 42. 42, which, don't you think she looks much younger, Jim? Oh, yes, she does. Because I was just trying to fix her up with Bryce, but Bryce is much <laughs> younger than she is. But you right. would not, if you were standing next to him, nobody would question, nobody would oh, bat an eye. Thank you. I appreciate uh, yes. you thinking I look 24 <laughs> years old. And <laughs> You're my new best friend. Is, it, is there, that leads us to a question, is there an age range that you are uh, try to stay within when you're dating somebody? Um, I think I tend to go older. Uh, not much older, but... Uh, you know, just for maturity wise and yeah. where we are in life, I feel like <laughs> once you get over 40, it's very noticeable when someone's under 40. Okay. Although Bryce was very mature. He was, wasn't he? <laughs> so, yes. So really, I mean, somebody that's 35 to 40, you feel that 
you can feel that maturity difference between somebody that might be 45. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. So somebody who's settled. Yes. Okay. All right. And your marital status is? Um, Divorced. Divorced. Okay. And do you have any children? I have one, and he is 19. And he is 19, mm-hmm. which is another reason why Bryce didn't seem, seemed a little too young for you, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he's he's more of my son's peer. Right, right, right. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, and would you like to share what you do for a living? Uh, sure. So I have my own business that I've been working for myself for about 12 years, and I consult for small business owners from a financial perspective. So I help them with payroll and bookkeeping and budgeting and preparing for their taxes and things like that. And most of it is small business owners. It ranges from it doesn't really matter what kind of business it is. But that's, do you do the payroll and bookkeeping or you consult? I do it. Help them get I don't it love up, doing it. I love systems. setting up the okay. process and right. then tapping out and letting someone else handle it. Cool. Okay. <laughs> but a lot that's of times fine. I get stuck doing it. (laughs) Yeah, it's fine. And this is something you started on your own? Yes. So I had worked, well, I actually worked in the restaurant business for many years. And then I worked for a construction firm for years. um, And I learned how to run their whole business. They had multiple businesses in one. And then I left there because the owner was really not on the up and up on a lot of things. So I left and started just doing some small projects for some people that I knew. And one of the people that I worked for told me that I think there's a little niche for someone who's not an employee that could go in and and see things from an outsider's perspective and go in and solve problems and things like that. So then I just started cobbling together what I'm doing. And I've been doing that for 12 years now. That's awesome. But I'm also going back to school now to become a CPA because that's kind of the crux of what I'm doing anyway. So. Well, now I'm fascinated how you have time to do any of this, because one of the big things that I want to talk about with you is something new and exciting that you have just had happen in the last couple of months, which is you made the I want to U.S. National U.S. Team National USA, Team uh, Dragon Boat Team Dragon Boat Team, mm-hmm. which cool. is the coolest thing in the world. Yeah, it sounds really cool. But it it's, is. <laughs> it's not as cool as it sounds, but it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. So, how long have you been racing, and how did you get into that? Uh, so, I, this will be my fourth season. Um, I just someone I played basketball with asked me to come and check it out for their team. And so I was like, I have no idea what dragon boating is, but I would love to come check it out. So I fell in love with it and I've been doing it ever since. So only four years ago Mm -hmm. and you've made the national team. Mm -hmm. That's pretty impressive. (laughs) I'm a little competitive. I knew you were a good basketball player. So if you had a little more height, maybe you'd be in the WNBA right maybe. now. Yeah. That's all. If it was a thing back then. Well, yeah. it had just started back yeah. in, when I was in college, I guess. So that's that's really awesome. So so what does this entail? This sounds like a pretty significant part of your life. Uh, yes, it's a lot of training right now, um, which, you know, is great. I'm very much looking forward to it being over, though, because it's been all encompassing of my life right now. So, you know, it's it's a great hobby. I love having it. Um, it was a huge commitment, um, but it, you know it's it's been great though. Like, so not a complaint. Is but. dragon boating season start in April or about April and okay. then goes through October. So. And you practice almost every night, is it? Pretty much. So yeah. I, my team in Philly, um, they practice about five days a week, mm-hmm. um, and then we have single boats that I go out and train in on my own okay. um, on the off days or you know when I don't go to practice. So, and then when do you get together with the national team? Uh, so next week I go to DC, we get together and practice and then, um, we have one more time trial that seats us in our boats and then we practice together and then we leave for Thailand in 
two weeks, three weeks. That's so cool. Awesome. Have you gotten uniforms yet? I feel like yes. you're going to get the best gear. It was really kind of cool, though, to get that. You know, it's because we're all over the country. We even have some people from Hong Kong that are there for work that are on the team. Um, so, you know, there's people from all over. So it was a really, really cool experience to get your uniform in the mail and, you know, have it shipped to you and get your, you know, Team USA yeah. gear. It yeah. was really, yeah, it was cool. Now, That's you awesome. already have some beautiful tattoos on your arm. I Thank love you. this gorgeous tree. Will you get a Team USA tattoo? Um, I kind of want to get a tattoo in Thailand, like mm. one of those ones that they tap into you as part of that experience. They and what? They <laughs> take this metal or bamboo rod and literally tap it into your skin to put the tattoo in there. It's not a gun. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Even... Monks do it, apparently. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, like, nice. the most archaic form of tattooing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Really? Yes. Do they give but, you, like, an epidural, like a, um, yeah, do you have a pain? No, no. And quite honestly, my doctor was like, maybe don't go to Thailand and get a tattoo. It seems a little bit dangerous and, and not really sanitary. <laughs> and you should see the picture I have in my mind right now is, like, a railroad spike and a hammer. No, Somebody's it's very just trying it's to. It's a needle. It's a needle. But it's thin. And yeah. they and they tap it yeah. and they have this skill like design wise they can still do something uh, the same quality of what you have uh, no it's oh. it's <laughs> it looks terrible no um, no it usually has some meaning that has some sort of a tie meeting that has you know it's there's this whole okay. background to it and you know I'm, I'm in the process of looking it up and trying okay. to figure out so it's not just something that's you know, yes, like yeah well i asked about that because I, I, I have heard more than one person say before I would never get a tattoo, but if I made the Olympic team, I would get the Olympic rings. Yeah. Right? Have you heard people say that? I feel like I've heard more than one person say that. But I do kind of want to get a dragon tattoo and be. Yeah. yeah. I think you need to do something to commemorate this. I'm trying to get Heather to draw it for me. Maybe she's listening. Yeah. Draw my tattoo. (laughs) Absolutely. I think think that's really cool. So do you have time to date with all this going on? Um, I will after. (laughs) Now, no. But yeah, when I get back. Yeah. Okay. And it, and is it important to you that the person you're interested in dating is athletic? Um, it's not a hundred percent important, but I think a little bit. Like I, I very much love sports. Like even though I do love music and art and and those sort of things, and all of that is important to me as well. And but I think you know having that level of you know understanding what teamwork is like is important to me. Which if you haven't played sports, it's a lot of people don't get that part. Um. So I think that aspect of things is important to me as, you know, so, being so a no player. couch potatoes should apply. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> Can you, with all of the, is it what I call it? Rowing, racing, it's paddling, paddling. Yeah. That mm-hmm. does not I, sound like, the effort that you're putting in. I know. <laughs> all right. With all the racing, can I say racing? Yes. With racing. all the racing that you're doing, all the training that you're doing, right. can you eat whatever you want? Um, kind of, uh, but I'm, I try not to. Uh, I try to, you know, I'm not a stickler. I like to enjoy a good meal and I'm kind of a food snob when it comes to a lot of things. <laughs> like I like going to a good restaurant and having a good meal and splurging and having a you know, nice glass of wine and things like that. But um, I'm hungry all the time. Like so yeah. like I'm at the point now where I probably eat about five to six times a day. How so, many how many calories do you think you burn on the water? I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't. I really don't know that answer. I don't pay attention to that. Well, I'm just thinking of taking up dragon boat racing yeah. in the hopes that I could eat five thousand calories a day. It's yeah. a million. <laughs> so, what would be a first date restaurant where you'd want it? Would you want something casual or upscale for the like? You know, 
you have a first date with somebody, what 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 is that optimal huh. thing? Well, I mean, I do like a good meal, but it doesn't need to like I'm not like, oh, this is terrible. But I would say not a chain restaurant. Just oh, it yeah. could be right. like a corner bar or right. just like a little plate or even a food truck. I don't care. Yeah. But like it's just, you know, I, to me, it doesn't really matter what the venue is. I just think the quality of food matters. It doesn't matter where. Right. Um, but. You know, also being able to have good conversation and all of that is way more important than the food, (laughs) I think. So, right. No, I agree with you. I agree wholeheartedly. Okay. I think we have time to spin the wheel. Would you like to spin the wheel of interrogation? Sure. Here we go. So give it a good spin. Oh, good. I like this one. You you have landed on pet peeves. There's so many. I don't know if we have enough time. So let's just start with a very general question. What are some things that people do that just make you insane? Um, I really don't like when people are not kind in a way, but in a way of, say, you let them in in traffic and they don't give you the wave. Yes. (laughs) hate that. Right? So rude. Or... In public, if you're walking into a store and they don't hold the door for you, like, mm. oh, wait, we're in public. Assume someone's behind you at all times. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. things like that. Right. Like, just look out for other people and, you know, follow the common courtesy rules of life. Yes. Just just common courtesies. What about yes. in a relationship? Is there anything that jumps out specifically? Like we just talked to Bryce about housekeeping and being messy yeah. and those things. I mean... You know, keeping a clean house is important to me. I like things. I'm not, you know, obsessive compulsive about things, but I like things to have a place and I like things to be clean. If something was dropped on my floor, you could eat off of it. (laughs) You know, things like that. Um, So I would say that matters. Um, But I would just say, you know, the teamwork part is a big part of that. Like just looking out for each other. And, you know, I like being a team. Yeah. And so if someone's not a team player, that's a huge pet peeve if they're not yeah. looking out for you. Yeah. Good point. So. Good way of putting that. Would that be a deal breaker for you? If let's say you met somebody and then you finally saw their home and it was not up to your standards. I think maybe. Yeah. At this point in my life. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like if, if I was 24, I might not care. Right. But now I think it would matter yeah. if someone was kind of not. And it, it wouldn't have to be perfect. I mean, you know, I don't keep everything in a spot. But if you came to my house, it it looks like it has just been cleaned and it's, you know, all the time. Yes. So you never have to scramble if someone's dropping in. No, I am so, (laughs) but my bedroom is not great. Like, so it's not a mess, but it's also like, if something like I don't wash things until they are actually dirty. (laughs) So I mean, my workout clothes is a whole nother story, but like if I wear a pair of jeans, I will rewear the pair of jeans, Yes. but then I'll take them off and just sort of like, I won't put them away because I've worn them already. <laughs> so I but have like a what? system. We need some entrepreneur to come up with a way to store those clothes because I was just thinking about <laughs> right. that. That's what happens to me too. You have your clean clothes that are put away. Right. You have your dirty clothes in the hamper. Where do you put the things that you're going to wear again tomorrow? Yeah. On top of gonna... my bureau. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Someone that's invent, not optimal. <laughs> someone invent a cabinet or something to put those in. That would be great. Well, we are, um, we have some more questions about pet peeves. So you can think about them during our commercial break. But before we go, I want to give another shout out to our sponsor, A Taste of Olive, featuring high quality, extra virgin olive oil and balsamics from around the world. They have two locations, one in Chestnut Hill and one right here in Westchester Borough. You can also order online from anywhere at atasteofolive.com. Use the code LOVE, L-O-V-E, to save 10% 
at atasteofolive.com. And we will be back in just a few minutes with more from Laura. This is Love at First Listen. Welcome back to Love at First Listen. This is Luann Sims. I'm here with Jim Breslin. Hello. Who is filling in today for Terry Heyman. And we are speaking with Laura, who is a Team USA member for uh, Dragon Boat Racing or paddling. Uh, she also owns her own business, doing consulting for small businesses, and is an all-around uh, great and interesting and looks much younger than her age, which is 42. <laughs> so uh, if you want someone with the maturity of a 42-year-old woman, but who looks 25, 30, I, this is, this is your, this is, <laughs> this is a good match for you. We, we went to the wheel of interrogation and she landed on pet peeves and we were talking about some of them. We have a few more questions in that category before we spin again. So, um, what are some things that you think you might do that could drive somebody else crazy in a mm. relationship or otherwise? Well, I don't know. Nothing. No, yeah. <laughs> um, I think, I don't know. I could be stubborn. Um, there is that. Um, but maybe the competitive part, like I don't like to lose at anything, I, even <laughs> if it's a board game. Like I whatever once would let my son win at chess, even no. when he was little. No, no. I was like, he has to learn. <laughs> and when he beats me, it's going to be awesome. And, was. and now that he has grown up, how, how, how do you think, was that a good parenting decision? <laughs> I don't know. How does that work? Pass. Can I plead the fifth on that? Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, well, you know what? I appreciate that because kids can tell when you're pandering to them. Like, they, yeah. They, you know, but right. I don't know if I would. I might have let him win once. At 19, is your son still at home? So he graduated last year. He's Mm -hmm. moving into school. Uh, He deferred. So he's moving into school. Yeah, into college. um, So So. partially at home. Yes. Yes, So he worked. He he wasn't ready. He needed to grow up a little bit. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Smart. So smart to make that decision. It's a good time that way. With him vacating, you know, that you're yes. going to be, I don't have any be, attachments. you're going to have more freedom. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. More freedom after, yeah. after paddling season's over. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> Correct. So looking to your future, do you hope for a long-term relationship or to get married again? Or do you, are you just looking for someone to hang out with or? Um, so, I mean, I'm definitely a person who likes having a relationship with one person and being committed and, and that sort of thing. I don't think I care about ever being married again. Um, I'm not saying I'm totally against it, but it isn't really something that I need or even wanted the first time. Like right. it wasn't like I was like, no, but it was more him than me. And I'm just the kind of person who, if I'm in it, I'm in it. And I don't need a ring or a piece of paper to right. make that official. That's just the way I am. Like I'm fiercely loyal. So if that's the person I'm with, I don't need to have a big wedding ceremony or a ring to make that the official you know, <laughs> and and you seem pretty like a pretty confident person. Pretty. I mean, you're obviously out doing things. You're not sitting home waiting for someone. So right. you don't seem to me like the kind of person that needs to be completed by someone else. No, but no. and quite honestly, I really want the person that I'm with to kind of have their own hobbies and have their own things. Right. Like I'm very independent. And so I think the reason my marriage lasted so long was because we each had our things and we weren't. You know, like it, it, I was always out doing something. And right. so I feel like whoever I'm going to be with or whatever happens, like they need to have those things, too. They need to have their hobbies. They don't need to be someone who's just waiting for yeah. me to come along and complete them. They should be a complete person already. 
is right. kind of how I look at it. So you, you're not the type of person that when you're in a relationship, you want to have a joint Facebook page. No, no, no. And, yeah. nope. and even when I got married, my friends were shocked because they were like, oh, and you're going to live together all the time? And I was like, I guess so. So, yeah, we don't need to do everything together. And we definitely don't need to live out our lives on Absence Facebook. makes the heart grow fonder. Yes, right, yeah. yes. Yes. So. Yeah, we have actually a whole category of questions about that. Great. Yeah, you know, I mean, right, because because I, I think there are major differences. Like if you were dating someone, let's say you had a couple good dates, and then they changed their relationship status to in a relationship with Laura. I, is that is that a plus for you? I mean, some people would really like that. I would say no. Well, yeah. it's not a plus, <laughs> but I wouldn't be, I would be flattered. Uh, but I feel like it's it's that's moving really fast, and I'm not against things moving fast because I feel like sometimes when you know you know and that's great but also let's take our time and let's you know be adults about this and figure out whether we really like each other that takes time right so what about when you do uh you we mentioned that you're very competitive you said that maybe that's something that might be a pet peeve for somebody else that you can't let anyone else win at anything (laughs) what about if you're let's say you're playing I know you're a good basketball player Mm -hmm. let's say you're playing one-on-one with some a man mm-hmm. that you happen to be dating, right. is part of you? Does part of you want him to be strong enough to to beat you, yes. or do you want to win no matter what? Are you turned uh, off if you can beat him? Are we searching yes. for the one man kinda. out there that you can't? <laughs> you can't. So, beat? No, I I like having. I mean, I like winning, but also <laughs> I think it's. I appreciate if. It is a good game, like because even in basketball, I've noticed that there's like three types of guys. There is the guy that will play you like he's your equal. There is the guy that will be very gentle with you because you're a woman and you, you know, I can't play you like I would play a man. And then there's the guy who's going to make you pay for being out on the court with the men. So it's like three definitely different types of men that you come across when you're playing basketball. And I've always played with men growing up. Like I, you know, I've even played in a men's league in Philly. Like it's just the way it is. Like there's those three types and you know who they are off the court. So it's really interesting to see, but I would totally would play you as they're equal correct yes yes Sorry, and if they won i respect that 100 yeah. percent. like as much as i hate losing even if i'm playing against a woman or a man whoever it is who you know i am always a good sport like i'm not gonna be happy with myself that i lost right. but i'm happy for them that they won <laughs> right. and right. will always say that you played a great game and you know i'm a good sport i just yeah uh, internally i'm like cut <laughs> I'm so upset that I just lost, but you know, and then I'll think about all the things I could have done to have won. That's what I do to myself. <laughs> I think that's a really tough spot for a lot of men to be in. And I know that I've had experience dating someone and it, you know, if he starts making excuses or whatever, it's such an awkward, yeah, uncomfortable one on one. It would, it, it might be, it might be tough for men. If it's a team sport, if you're playing yeah. five on five, right. that's different. But yeah, one on one. Yeah. It's some, it, it's a, might throw some men for a psychological loop right. yeah. as to how to play this. I would think. So, yeah. so w- talking about your teamwork and your competitiveness, do you have a um, do you have a favorite movie? A, a movie that if you were out on a date with a guy and he said, "Yeah, this is my favorite movie," like you know. Mm. Well, I mean, I would say my favorite movie of all time yeah. is "It's a Wonderful Life." Okay. Um. But then also Hoosiers is in there as well. I mean, I could never commit to one movie. That's a little bit too much. But um, yeah. And as much as I'm tough and competitive, like I cry at movies all the time. Like 
all the time. Do you? <laughs> oh, yeah. I cried at Elf. When they all started singing. <laughs> I can, Which is so ridiculous because I went and saw it in the movies, and oh. even like my friend who I was with, he and I are the same way. We get choked up at movies, and we walked out, and I was like, I cried a little, and he was like, so did I, you know. You know so we still laugh about that to this day. Um, oh. You know that we, yeah, are, you know, I'm still sappy, even though I'm, I, you know, I guess somewhat tough on the exterior. <laughs> so would there like, be a movie that's a litmus test for a guy to like that you would say, oh. you know, like? I don't know. If, That's a hard question because yeah, maybe it's a, their their comedy is the same as yours. Yeah, like I mean, I think comedy matters a lot. So yeah. I, if someone can make me laugh, that is pretty much it. Like you know, so I mean, sports aside and competitiveness yeah. aside, if someone can make me laugh, okay, that's like the way to my heart. Yeah. <laughs> but it's you know, to me, it's very important because if someone can be sarcastic and funny. It also shows how intelligent they are and, you know, and what they're capable of. And, you know, there's a lot of resilience in being yeah. funny as well. So, so that's, that's high important. on your list of requirements. It is. Awesome. Yes. Please do be you, funny. Do you, who, but I didn't answer your movie question, so I don't know. No, you did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what type of comedy do you like? Um, it, well, it, it's like, all over. So, yeah. I mean, I do just like silly things like Anchorman or whatever, but right. then I just, you know, but then there's some things that are just really, you know, just more intelligent, funny that are dry and, you know, yeah. those sort of things. Like, I don't know if you've seen the new, um, what we do in the shadows it's called, but it's like a spoof on, uh, vampires, like living day to day. And like, you know, and there's one guy who's an energy vampire and he's just like someone who's really boring, who can be in real life. And instead of feeding on blood, he feeds on your energy because he bores you to death. And like, and, but it's just a statement on that. There's so many people like that, you know, so when you're watching it, you're okay. like, I know so many energy vampires. So it's just really smart and funny. And, you know, so if it's a little more intelligent and there's like some subtleties going on, I can, I appreciate that kind of humor as well. So. And, and you're a creative person yourself. Do you do any writing or um, I know you sat in on an improv class for a couple I times did. that I was doing. Um, no, I mean, I don't. Other than my Christmas card, that's like <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, so there's that. Tell but, us about that. Because um, I have seen them, but our audience hasn't. So, so does Christmas cards every <laughs> some years. Yeah. So I've been doing it for I guess it's been 11 years now. But originally the idea was um so, you know, when people send out those birth announcements, like we had a baby and you're like, great, everyone has babies. But okay. like I was going to have my cousin, who's a photographer, take pictures of me just doing everyday things. And I was going to make them into postcards and send them out to people like Laura balanced her checkbook today and have like my weight and my height and like all of my stats along with that thing. And or, you know, be food shopping or folding the laundry and just right. make an announcement that I did that. And so originally that was the idea. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to start making ridiculous Christmas cards. So then, you know, we I sometimes sew the costumes. I, you know, we've done like spoofs on movies like we did one where it was a photo shoot outside of a walmart and it, we brought old tv boxes and like bigger ticket items that you would buy at a walmart and made it look like we were stealing like you know <laughs> stealing um we almost got kicked off site of there like it was you know so there's just like a bunch of different silly oh, things okay. i announced my divorce by having the scene from um back to the future when the brother's disappearing from the picture and so you did yeah. 
That was my Christmas card. So like we did it in, in like Back to the Future font and then had oh my myself God. and my son and then my ex and was disappearing from the picture. And how did he feel about that? He didn't know about didn't it. Know. <laughs> we were divorced. Oh my so. God, that's fantastic. But there was a lot of people that didn't that's know. Funny. So right. people were like, oh my gosh, that's so ridiculous. I guess you're getting that's divorced. Funny. So that is fantastic. Um, I'm sad to say that we are just about out of time, but I have to ask you a couple rapid fire questions. Okay, so these go. are just quick. Would you be excited or annoyed if your neighbors got chickens? Annoyed. Do you make a point to watch the Oscars? No. Pick one. All natural cleaning supplies or full strength chemical cleaners? Full strength chemical. All right. Do you <laughs> do you lose socks in the dryer? Nope. Ooh. If you read if you read a People magazine, would you know who all the celebrities were in it or not? Mm, like 80%. Okay. Uh, pick one. Air conditioning or windows open? Air conditioning. If you walk through the woods on a three-mile trail, would you call it hiking or going through for a walk? Mm, going for a walk. Uh, have you ever binge-watched TV for more than three hours? Yes. Who would you want to play you in a TV movie? Uh, Tina Fey. Okay. <laughs> okay. And if an acquaintance, just an acquaintance, was standing next to you complaining that they were thirsty and you happened to be drinking a bottle of water, should you offer them a sip? Is it appropriate? Of course. Even though they're just an acquaintance. It's yeah, I would I don't have germ problems. Okay. All right. All right. That's that is it. Um if you are interested in meeting Laura, you can go to our website, love dot com or our Facebook page, Love at First Listen. You can send us a message, uh fill out a contact form on the website. And if you would like to be a guest on Love at First Listen, you can contact us in each of those places as well. Laura, thank you so much for coming on. It was Thanks, great Laura. to have you. Sure. Um this has been another episode of Love at First Listen. We are also a podcast now. Um, so you can find us on any of the major podcast platforms, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, um, anywhere that you can listen to a podcast. And if you're trying to find us and you can't, let us know that, too. And we will um, we'll make sure that we get that, that remedied. So we're, we're out there as a podcast anywhere you can find podcasts. This has been a production of Crimson Planet Media. We would like to thank our sponsor, A Taste of Olive. This episode was produced by Kyle Hudson, and our podcast is produced by Kyle Hudson and Bree Ezrow. So thank you very much. Thank you, Jim, for filling in for Terry. Thanks for having me, Lou. And we will be back next week with another episode.